0: Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with your charismatic host and prominent safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Be entertained and informed as the Safety Doc discusses both best and bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. The truth will keep you safe. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. Hi, everybody. This is David, and welcome to Podcast 11 of the Safety Doc. Today we are going to examine three articles about safety. Uh, The first one is titled, Representative Thomas Massey Wants to Repeal Gun-Free School Zones Act. The second article we'll take a look at is, DC Online Watchdog Group Spots Wisconsin School Threat on Twitter. And... After that, we'll kind of talk a little bit about the Patriot Act um, and how that links in with some of the school safety things that are mentioned in our second article. And we're going to finish up by examining an article by The Atlantic titled Preventing Mental Illness with a Stress Vaccine. So uh, that headline is um, quite sensationalized. And the reason I want to always come back on this podcast and revisit some of the articles which are making the mainstream media, Uh, every day I do get an update of the articles that are swirling around regarding school safety and and safety in general, and I note some of those articles uh, that I want to look into a little bit further but what happens, and we're gonna see that today when I step you through these articles, is um, a lot of the headlines don't really represent the content of the article. So the headlines are there to obviously grab attention. And in the case of the Atlantic headline with the vaccine for stress, uh, quite sensationalized. And also, um, to point out that these articles, and these are what what you're seeing in your local newspapers or regional newspapers, online, things like that. Um, they are representing a very uh, biased view of school safety and safety in general and not taking into effect um, empirical science or, or taking science and, and research into account. Um it's, it's actually probably more alchemy than anything else, or else just uh, just pure kind of um, sensationalism or trying to manipulate a certain position. So I'm gonna talk about the first article, and that one is Representative Thomas Massey, who is a Republican from Kentucky, wants to repeal the Gun-Free School Zones Act. It is by Brian Doherty, uh, was published January 5th, 2017. What I'll do is I'll, I'll write all of these articles, um, in the description section in YouTube and then also on SoundCloud and, um, up on the 405 media. So you'll be able to access these articles if you do want to, um, look into them a little bit more. So, uh, before though we get started, uh, appreciations going out to, John and the 405 Media for hosting the Safety Doc Show, uh, 9 p.m. Monday through Thursdays until January 30th, and that time the Safety Dock goes to 1 o'clock p.m. PST, and then uh, so a much uh, more um, appealing time slot for the show, and it's going to, to really be a great thing for listeners, especially uh, listeners who stream us on the East Coast, so that'll be happening soon. Also, a uh, thank you to Sprigio, S-P-R-I-G-E-O, sprigio.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, you do see um, the logos in the background, sprigio.com, one of the nation's leaders in school bully reporting software and then also um, school threat input system. ISS 24-7. ISS 24-7 providing uh, large-scale incident command uh, management systems for places like the Staples Center like Levi Stadium or the 49ers play and even shopping malls Uh, but what what they do is make sure that uh, you have a very safe experience in those settings uh, without really even having an awareness of the depth of security that is going on through now, their new app-based systems. Uh, So again, ISS 24-7. So Representative Thomas Massey wants to repeal the Gun-Free Zones Act. So the Gun-Free Zones Act was uh, put in place in 1990, and um, that was uh, (laughs) basically done to add an enhancer uh, to any crime that was committed uh, in a school, quote, zone area um, that, involved a, that involved a gun. Um, and the thought then was uh, that would be a deterrent, when it was originally put together, to students bringing weapons uh, to school. So um, it's very interesting because I, I want to read the statement that is in the article. So from a press release from uh, Representative Massey's office, so this is in the article. Uh, I'm quoting, gun-free school zones are ineffective. They make people less safe by inviting criminals into target-rich, no-risk environments, said Massey. Gun-free zones prevent law-abiding citizens from protecting themselves and create vulnerable populations that are targeted by criminals. Uh, Okay, that's not accurate at all. (laughs) That is, that's just not the case. the Gun-Free Zones Act is ineffective. I mean, it's 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 like uh, having a no smoking sign um, put up in a building where an arsonist is determined to you know come in and burn it down. Um, this was was done um, solely you know for the purpose of making sure that there were additional um, criminal penalties that could be put in place for anyone that had used a weapon. Um, on or around uh, school property, so the fact that you know putting putting this in place realistically was going to deter uh, a school shooting was com- completely um, absurd. Because obviously, obviously, we already have laws against shooting people <laughs> and killing people. Not to laugh, but I mean, it's like this this to add more laws. You know this compounding law effect, and and one of my fellow podcasters here on the 405 Media uh, talked about that in a recent podcast. It's you know to, to just create more laws doesn't make sense. We should have less laws. And this is this is a case where this I think is just cleaning up the fact that if you already have um, you know a, a, a weapon in an area and and your uh, I- intent is to harm and, and to you know or to kill people, I mean, right there violation of the law. So. The Gun-Free Zones um, Act was was just, I think, more cosmetic. Uh, personally, you know, like the signage was outside, and I think it was there for a comfort um, reason. I think it was also there as a pressure response uh, by legislators to to you know do something. Again, it's is something you can see; it's a sign. Um, but the fact that it's inviting criminals into a target-rich, no-risk environment—that's that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, you know, the, the so basically, what you're saying is. Um, What what representative Massey is saying is, you know, we're preventing the good guys from having guns in a school area and the good guys would protect the children and staff from the bad guys that would come in with guns, so we've just eliminated the good guys, so now we make it easier for the bad guys to go in, that's what this law had done, so let's get rid of it, and then the good guys will be able to carry the guns in the school zone and make the school zone safer now there 's a lot of examples why <laughs> that th- type of thinking just isn't isn 't accurate uh, let 's think about the gabby gifford um, w- the, the shooting at her rally. you know there were a number of um, conceal and carry um, people at her rally that did bring out their weapons uh, once uh, the shooting did start on the assailant who who was who um, did shoot her. And through interviews, a number of them said once they had their weapons out um, in a crowded situation like that, they couldn't identify uh, who the shooter was and and really who the shooter wasn't. I mean, you look and, well, there's someone that has a gun out. So, um, you know, if you're high schools, uh, schools that have school liaison officers, I mean, they already have weapons. Some schools have, they've, you know, passed uh, legislation so staff can carry weapons, which I'm not. I I don't advocate for that. but, you know, that's just the way it is. So, so anyway, it's this, the law, so it's going on, uh, it's saying gun-free zones are clearly not going to prevent anyone with the plan or intent of committing violent mayhem with a gun. And if we assume any rationality on the part of such a would-be spree killer, one can assume on the margin the promise of a zone where, to move this over, uh, the law abiding have legally been disarmed increases the likelihood of attracting a killer so again I, I disagree with that statement I mean you uh, the school shootings that have happened have not happened because you do not have armed people in proximity to the school i mean so I mean so let's say you get rid of this law which I think is a good idea because i I think the law is pointless again you already have laws in place that you do not you know kill people so um, but and what's going to happen then? Does it mean that you, suddenly you're going to have people roaming around schools, um, you know, with conceal and carry? Uh, I, I, I just don't see that. Um, so again, it's I don't I don't see this as being a deterrent. And if we look at other settings, you know, let's look at malls, you know, um, theaters, uh, so forth. You know, be, those settings have not had you know the the gun free. Um, Zone Act application, and it hasn't, you know, had a deterrent effect on someone that is intent on, you know, bringing mass casualty to a setting that is population-dense, you know, like that. So, um, again, I I, I think the bill should be repealed. I I, I think the bill's a paper tiger. I, I believe I wrote about that, too, in my dissertation. Um, so, but to spin it as saying, all right, because we can get, because we'll get rid of the bill, we'll bring all of the, the good the good people with guns into the school area to kind of saturate it, which will then protect, um, or, or basically harden that that target, you know, by protecting it with with uh, citizens and yeah, and I don't know, school staff, whoever, um, conceal and carry and things. Uh, that's it's just not going to to happen that way. Um, so. Um, but it does put certainly a positive spin on, on this, this bill, uh, to to you know, get rid of this saying, um, you know, we're getting rid of it. It's called the Safe Students Act. So just think about that. So yeah, we're getting rid of this to make schools safer. Well, I mean really you're you're getting rid of it because it's redundant and it doesn't need to to, to be there. So um, that's yeah. Um, you know it's I wrote on the bottom of this, one of my favorite songs is The Gambler, uh, sung by Kenny Rogers in 1978. Now, actually, the, the music video to that is, is really good. And um, Kenny Rogers was 40 years old when he sang that. And he looks like he's like 65 or 70. I mean, he's completely gray beard, gray hair, and, and things like that. But no, he was 40. Um, but if you listen to the, the song of of The Gambler... Um, so I mean, you're going to have to do that, but it's like um, people will listen to that, and they'll, they'll devote entire web pages to this of trying to decipher the meaning of the song. And basically, you know, it's uh, no when to hold them, no when to fold them, no when to walk away, no when to run. You know, you never count your money while you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. So, uh, but okay, you know, here's here's the bottom line. You know, it's a lesson. To not dwell on um, either success or failure in life, because hey, life goes on either way. You know, you, you identify the options that you have before you. You make a decision. You move on, and, and you just you, know, you focus on on the hand in, in front of you. Um, and, and that that's it. That's what it means. Okay, I just I summed it up, and yet, like so. That's that's kind of you know what needs to happen with this. Um, I'm doing with this bill. I mean, just we're, we're getting rid of a, a, a bill that was a paper tiger. Um, there isn't any deeper meaning in this uh, bill, you know. Such as all of a sudden now, you know, the good guys are going to return. You know, the superheroes uh, are going to return to the area because they've been allowed back in. Kind of like when the Incredibles were banned and all superheroes uh, from doing their deeds of good for the community. So um, enough of that. Off over here. Um, uh, this one I found very interesting because this is extremely misleading. <laughs> um, this, this one came up in the headline. This was out of, in it's small print. So it came out of WKOW, which is a, uh, WKOW 27, which is a television station, um, and uh, apparently, at weekdays at four o'clock, they had the Dr. Phil show on. So, uh, but Merrill, Wisconsin, and actually not too far from where I I grew up. So that's what what caught my interest. And so this was this was pulled off of a national kind of headline um, generator, you know, that that feeds into me daily. So um, again, D.C. or, or, or District of uh, Columbia. Uh, online watchdog group spots Wisconsin school threat on Twitter. So initially, you read the heading, and it's like, okay, it sounds you know like a good thing. And it, they had a, the, the, a, tw- a tweet on. It didn't show up on on this screen. I don't know, but um, of someone's you know saying that they were you know going to do clean up the gene pool at school or whatever that was. Um, so this then. You read more into this, and it is uh, the Tactical Institute. Um, so, it's a private, for profit group that's not affiliated with any government agency. Its mission is to monitor social media looking for threats like the one found in Merrill on Friday. And this was um, posted January 14th, 2017, um, by Savannah Tamea. Um, so, so, this again, this. The the question then you know it's like okay what what is this this magical wonderful group that's out there um, kind of uh, patrolling the social media world looking for these these threats um, and and how does how does this operate because this is great this is actually what we should be doing more of uh, social media is is the uh, is the venue which captures uh, leakage, threat leakage, or exactly, you know, this This is an example of threat leakage, something that was posted, is left out in social media, is discovered, and then is reported to authorities. Now, with that said, um, this is, I, I did more research into this company because I wanted to find out, are these just good Samaritans doing this, or what's the deal, because, um, you know, th- th- this was pretty s- significant stuff. Um. So, uh, it, this is an advertisement. All right. <laughs> this is an advertisement. This this is a company on their website that you subscribe to as a school. You can get a quote. Uh, you subscribe to, and then apparently they have some system where they go in and they monitor key key terms and social media, and then they notify uh, the school and the authorities uh, when threats appear. Now, there's a there's a lot of to me, you know, red flags with that. Um, to have a third party doing that—that that is completely unaffiliated with your school. So this was in, you know, th- this was District of Columbia. So you know, we're talking about Merrill, Wisconsin. So they pick this online. They get a hold of the law enforcement in Merrill and make them aware of of the, that this threat exists. So. So right away, you're missing a lot of context. Um, you can, I, I don't know how this, this software exactly works, and it, again, this fact that you'd have to subscribe to it. Um, but, uh, you know, schools already have, okay? Schools themselves, in when students are, are using school systems and, and, and surfing the net and doing things, That's already tracked by schools, and schools have um, have scrollers or crawlers or whatever you call it that will identify searched key terms like you know, um, handguns, active shooter weapons, you know, whatever things like that, and they pop up. School administration is alerted to that, and then they can you know if they if they look at the search. Um, and, and deem they need to, they can follow up with uh, the student or law enforcement or, you know, whatever. The, those things have existed for a while. I mean, they're not really publicly well-known, but those, those have existed. They're in place. Um, and those are built right into school systems. Now, so again, I visit the Tactical um, Institute website uh, it's a paid subscription service, uh, and it's, again, not affiliated with any government agency. Although, once you get into the website more, it, it kind of gives you the pseudo feel that, well, we're not really part of the government, but we we kind of work with a lot of government-type technology. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, again, yes, monitoring social media, it's a good thing. Um, but I, I also think, I mean... You must have a lot of false positives on this. What if it, what if the title, what if some post is, uh, boy, you know, um, Robbie was a terrific, uh, you know, shooter tonight or, or, you know, Robbie, Robbie's, Robbie's, Robbie's going to shoot things up tonight. And, uh, and the post, um, is about, you know, a basketball game that, that's going to be held later that night. And, and it's about, you know, the top score on the team and that. So again, um, that post within a context of people living in that district and Robbie's friends and Robbie's you know parents and community members and people who see that now granted like it's probably not a good title you know that's not a good post to you know to choice of words but they're going to understand that you get a third-party company that's using software to pull out stuff like this um, that's not going to be deciphered now I haven't spoken with the tactical Institute so I'm, I'm not speaking on their behalf but um, I, I again, I just would not outsource this leakage detection because the other part of this then um, of leakage detection is if um, are you getting text from um, you know that student things that aren't going to show up on social media I mean that's one realm uh, personally are you have you had interactions where a student has uh, a peer has said something that's been unsettling um, which is um, you know actually something, that you know, I've in some of the work that that I've done. You know, let's say, like a, in the in the world of expert witness, um, it can be communications between a student and and an adult. Um, you put all the pieces together, all of the aggregate pieces. So, I I think this type of system is is it is very fragmented. And again, this was a this was an ad. This is an ad. So, but if you're reading this, if you're in the greater Merrill area. Um, you know, again, and it's, I, I didn't grow up too far from there, and I know I know this TV station and so forth. Uh, this this, if I'm a parent and I'm and I'm you know getting this information, it's like whoa, like this, uh, th- that's great. This this Tactical Institute, yeah, good job, Tactical Institute. And I can make a, b- a bet that the Tactical Institute uh, probably contacted the Merrill Schools or schools uh, close to this this area, and um, said, hey, you know, we. We were in your media and uh, we wanna, you know, come and do a presentation or, or you know, here's more about our service and look what we did. You know, we found this, we contacted the you know, the police in in Merrill, you know, they did a, a follow up um, and you know, so but I again this this is it's an advertisement that's passed off as a news um Headline. So really, I mean, what the Tactical Institute, you know, could do is is they could be sending out little, um, they could be sending out notices like this across the entire country daily, and then you know again you're getting media exposure. And the way that this is is written kind of makes it sound like this is it's a you know when you say not it's it you know this company is it kind of sounds like this is a Good Samaritan type effort in in. You know, this is a solution. You know, this this can be an outsourced way for our school to be safer by monitoring of social media, by a company that is hundreds of miles away and does and only you know has that piece. Unfortunately, it doesn't have a full context. Um, and I, and I don't know how you go about identifying changes from the um, I, I I guess changes from baseline changes from the the the, the flux, you know, the the sense-making part of this one, once you once you have a, a system like this, meaning um, uh, I, I guess what I mean by that is saying uh, how is you know, how is this system going to you know, pick out those those one, two, or three posts that are going to be um, of concern, you know, versus having that done locally by parents and students, um, you know, again, they're going to be seeing those posts too and they're gonna have the context of that child and and whatever. So, um, just I'm gonna read. The Technical Institute is is self-funding efforts. The U.S. government and Department of Ed have determined to be critical, yet have not adequately funded to date Monitoring and identifying actionable threats made via open source social media against students and teachers. So, I mean, I agree with the statement that though that's definitely uh, a, a spot-on concern area that um, social media is, we should be doing much more with leakage detection for social media. Um, but again, um, and this was this was apparent, you know, in in. You know, in Columbine, in Dave Cullen's book of Columbine, the the residue that was left out in in social media, you know, at the time of of Columbine you know, with Klebold and, and Harris, um, but this gets into educating staff, students, and parents on what to look for that's different from the norm or that the flux, the everyday n- noise, and that's kind of that sense making to pick up what's different, what is giving you that gut feeling or that red flag. And then coupling that with the students, um, you know, behavior, text, things like that. And I think there's a real, a real issue with also having um, software doing that without this element of a local context and knowing the student, because this this can become profiling. I mean, so. then you get into the website and they have crime prediction as a service. So local threat detection for law enforcement agency schools and commercial organizations. So I'm like, whoa, I mean like the police are doing that anyway, so I don't I, I don't know what in, in the world that would be. Again in that, I haven't contacted Hegel Institute, but you start to see like hey there's guess what, you know, there's other products we can sell you in your school and your community and if we get your parents involved. Um, so this Crime Prediction Center, and then get this private bodyguard, so uh, threat detection for high-profile individuals, including CEOs, politicians, and public figures. So, uh, again, I'm not sure I would put my personal safety into the hands of a computer algorithm, especially located hundreds of miles away. And, you know, in situations like this, and and this is where I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth when I interview uh, the former NFL fullback, and he will talk about, um, you know, when he was in the, playing in the NFL, uh, the security measures that were, you know, kind of put in place um, to protect himself and, and his his family. Um, but it, but again, you know, we we see all of a sudden an addition of a lot of things that you can you can buy, and. I'm imagining if I was a high-profile figure, which means more than one person would need to um, be subscribing right now to the Safety Doc on YouTube. Now, I do have a number of followers in my other YouTube account, which has existed for uh, a number of years, and I'm I'm not sure if those are Safety Doc. Um, New Safety Doc fans who are just subscribing in the wrong place. Um, But, hey, Safety Doc... On YouTube, you can watch all of the episodes. Um, please consider subscribing. Okay, but if the safety doc, if I became a public uh, figure, um, and I, I, I just don't, I just don't see where there would be software out there remotely that is going to protect me. And and I, I would imagine you'd have a number of false positives that would trigger because people are gonna have free speech so they're going to just like on on Twitter uh, the number of people um, you know that that go in and get into you know Twitter media Twitter wars and things like that well you know you start getting someone that that you know posts um, you know starts their own blog and and is posting things um, you know like negative towards you but not threatening you you know but using freedom of, of speech um, you know, stuff like that is going to trigger false positives. Now, you know, IT or TI might say, "No, it's not our system." You know, we'll clear those out. But come on, I mean, let's be real. So, um, I, I, I think this this is the Tactical Institute is too diverse in, in focus. You know, um, you know, it's it's a company that's trying to do a lot of things. In the in the safety world, and, and when you see that, when you when you see a company that's that's trying to offer, you know, like all of these different products, I just don't think that they can do it well. Uh, to you know, versus I'm I'm going to go back to Sprigio and ISS twenty four seven. Sprigio is school bullying and threat reporting software input systems. That's what it is, and it's excellent at it. But that's what it is and Joe and his staff continue to perfect that product to make it better. ISS 24-7 is about um, large venue security that is largely app-based. That's what they do. They don't have a branch that gets into shooting down drones or things like this. They're very, very good, um, and they bracket their skill set and say this is our area of expertise. If it's going to be something over in this, then there's another you know, company or companies you can look at for that. But when it comes into this realm, yeah, this is us. Um, I'm going to go to um, the last page. Uh, so um, they also have, okay, so as a fact, un- under the ta- Tactical Institute from their website, um, they use a unique combination of tradecraft and technology, Our certified threat specialists, so what does certified mean, generic term, um, constantly navigate and monitor the entire web for threats to our clients, entire, I mean, come on, entire web, is entire web all the world? Um, what is that? What does that mean? Assembling complete threat pictures, what is a complete threat picture by com Uh, combining expert analysis. What is is an expert analysis? I mean, it's all of these terms that sound really good. It's like, but what do they really mean? Like, um, of open source social media, geographical intel, dark web activities. Well, dark web activities, interesting. Unseen by traditional search engines and much more. So um, dark web activities. So you're telling me that the FBI the police uh, the CIA they don't have access to the technology that can can operate within this dark web world I, 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 I the the term dark is is a term that is meant to uh, be persuasive it is a it's a it's a persuasive term and specifically in elections for example the word, Dark is used. If if you have a candidate that you describe as angry, that's an angry candidate. A candidate can flip that around and say, "Yes, I'm angry because you know there's not enough being done for um, you know the rights of of you know people, and you know we need to do more and, and so forth." Um, but once you use the word dark, the, the, you can't say you're the yeah, I'm the darker candidate, or you know the, these are dark, you know. I'm the darkest person to ever run. I mean, that puts you—you know—think about that. What the persona then is, you know—that it, it's just like whoa. that's pretty scary stuff. Um, so it's persuasive wording, um, and again, you're talking about social networks. So again, think about it. You know, you have all these fake identities that are put out there on on the internet. Um, you know, profiling can happen, and. You know, this is like saying the police don't have any clue what's going on. I mean, how many times do we hear that? You know, the county police working with local police have put together a sting, you know, for um, you know people trying to to set up dates with um, underage um, kids or or kids, you know, under legal age. Uh, that that happens all all the time. I mean, so these these. <laughs> This is this is like saying, hey, you know, either the police don't have the resources or they don't have the time or the expertise, so we're going to come in and, and we can help them out too. So I think that's pretty. That's a pretty bold, overstepping statement. And then um, they have under our founders' previous brand and company known as GeoCop, which they they don't talk about with it. That is technology systems were successfully sold to law enforcement and government customers. Okay, such as. The DOJ and FBI and state police fusion centers. The problem was the available personnel at these agencies weren't threat specialists, and the organizations didn't have the resources to dedicate and train operatives. Okay, so, again, you're saying the police departments uh, do not have threat specialists. Do they have detectives? Uh, I would say detectives are highly trained and ongoing with training, and are detectives not aware of... um, crime that occurs in cyberspace? Well, of course they are. So, uh, uh, again, I I, I think this makes local PDs, uh, is to give the impression, um, twofold, one that local PDs just don't have the depth of training that this organization does. And the second one is, you know, even if they do, we're there to help out your local PD because they're overworked and we we can step in and we can do this. So, Probably not going to get a Christmas card from the Tactical Institute this year. Um, so, oh my goodness. All right. So, they also talk about um, um, there were also the legal restrictions tying agencies' hands and targeting data acquisition where uh, miscreants actually operate. Interesting. So, Right there, okay. See, so, well, you know, there's all this legal red tape that, that, that law enforcement has to deal with. So, you know, again, we c- we can help out because we we have a way to get through that. <sighs> all right, I printed off um, a summary of the Patriot Act. Okay, so the Patriot Act, uh, which was uh, put in, it was was passed uh, following the September 11, 2001 attacks. The Patriot Act. Already enables the the interagency between you know law enforcement to to cut through red tape, so one agency isn 't aware of information and is unable to then share and communicate that information security information with another agency you know like one agency might have the CIA might know something about an attack but yet you know, they, they couldn't communicate something with the FBI or, you know, Homeland Security or local police or whatever. So the, the Patriot Act and the revisions of the Patriot Act have, have cleared and, and removed a lot of, of that red tape. So you do not need the Tactical Institute to do what the Patriot Act already does. All right? So I'm going to give a few points from the Patriot Act. One is um, the Patriot Act allows law enforcement to use surveillance against uh, more crimes of terror. So again, the the surveillance tools which are being um, you know sold by Tactical Institute are going to be available to uh, law enforcement, and they are going to be able to um, to, to monitor um, you know for for example, social media posts that are being made in the in the community um, and being made in in the schools. So. Um, allows federal agents to follow sophisticated terrorist trained to evade detection, kind of vague, but basically um, saying things like a roving wiretap can be authorized by a federal du- judge to apply to a particular suspect. If you have a student where or, or a concern, um, one of the things that, that was with Columbine, and I'll get into this in, in the last article, is there wasn't really enough information that was deemed um, available to create a warrant to go in and search. I believe it was uh, Klebold's house, may have been Harris. I don't know. But basically saying we didn't have enough information. But, again, looking at where the the Patriot Act was after, again, the Patriot Act was after Columbine, Um, but the Patriot Act, it would be easier to say, you know, we have some some suspicious um, student, you know, behavior going on or with these families um, that we need to get in and to monitor this. That's that's you're going to have an easier, much easier path to do that. Um, okay, allow law enforcement to conduct investigations without tipping off terrorists. Just just meaning um, that you're able to do more uh, covert um, surveillance. Allows federal agents to ask for a court order to obtain business records and national tariff. So it's, it's just that you, you can take these things and boil them down to a local level. Whoa. Um, here's, a, here's a big one, though. Okay, again. The Patriot Act facilitated information sharing and cooperation among government agencies so they could better, quote-unquote, connect the dots. The act removed the major legal barriers that prevented the law, um, the law enforcement, intelligence, and national defense communities from talking and coordinating their work to protect the American people and our national security. So right there, right there, that okay, that is enabling those organizations to work together. Um, local law enforcement, different intelligence agencies. So if you do have a student, uh, adult, Organization, you know, planning a attack on a school, this provision of the Patriot Act is giving you the ability to have that interagency sharing of, of information covered by the Patriot Act. Which, the way that the Tactical Institute website, which I printed off today, the way that that information uh, is on there is saying, it, uh, you know, we can make this happen doesn't have any mention of the Patriot Act already covers that so um, and in the Patriot Act uh, just um, updated the law to reflect new technologies and, and new threats it was reauthorized just just recently so um, and that's all I really need to say we it, it talk you know the Patriot Act is about has to do a lot with um, with terrorism but it also has to do with um, when, when you think of terrorism if you have a school shooter type um, residue that is that is that's is starting to show up on the internet, um, that would be fall into the category of an active of, of, of tear. So, um, and it does it does have very specific areas which cover you know computers. So again, I mean this was just four pages that. It took off. Now you know. Some people will say that the the Patriot Act is is very invasive and takes away a lot of uh, of our you know pr- of our rights for privacy and so forth. And um, I don't know. I mean, to me, I I think what the Patriot Act. Uh, I, I, I I'm for the Patriot Act. Okay, you know, I'm for it. I I I believe it's uh, it's necessary in in the world that we live in. I don't feel that it's invasive personally to me, and we do have third-party companies um, which uh, you know are, are saying you know they have some way to facilitate interagency um, exchange of information or analysis of information or whatever it might be. Um, you know, they're, if we didn't have the Patriot Act in place, well, first of all, I don't even know how they how they would you know, do that, but you don't need, you don't need these, these third-party companies, you know, jumping in and, and doing that when you have the Patriot Act, which has taken away the very complicated act in the past of sharing information between agencies because of different regulations and having to get different writs and, and things from, you know, um, court orders and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, again, you know, I, I, I think this is, is an article that was very misleading, and we have the Patriot Act already in place. It has been reauthorized. There are people who are not for the Patriot Act, um, you know, and, and that's that's fine. Again, personally, I felt no um, invasive, you know, consequence of the the Patriot Act, and um, it's one of these things. In knowing security systems as well as I do, um, for example, ISS 24-7, um, knowing uh, the Sprigio dashboard behind the, the scenes, you know, all of the data that gets gets reported and aggregated, things like that, um, there are are just so many, uh, there, there's so much data, you know, that, that is out there and able to be shared and in, in, in crunched, and again, if we didn't have a system in place like the Patriot Act to have that data shared across CIA, FBI, we, we, don't know, we don't know every day of what is prevented and how safe we are kept by the various law enforcement agencies, CIA, FBI, Homeland Security, and, and so forth. Um, and the analogy I use is, you I'll go back to ISS 24-7, you know, ISS 24-7 has a strong presence at uh, Levi's State Stadium. So, you know, where the 49ers play. Yeah, you know, when you go into the stadium and, and whatever, um, you know, you're, you're going to get checked over and, and, you know, maybe wand it and things like like that, um, you know, pat it down. But but then, I mean, you're enjoying the game experience and you don't know all these things going on in the background. And, and if there are any types of, of threats that are going on, they're are being handled by the security system. It's It's... So again, you know it's one of these things where um, I think because the Patriot Act is functional and it is it keeps us safe I mean terrorism still happens, but it doesn't happen to th- at the, the the tempo and then also the severity, the frequency, the number of targets, and whatever which I'm sure are intercepted by um various aspects of these law enforcement agencies working together to keep us safe it's not like those are going to make the the paper you know like you know this kept this from happening yesterday kept this from happening the, the day before I mean that's not how how those agencies work and um, so again uh, I, I'm gonna get off that because I want to spend time on the on this Atlantic article so um, the Atlantic and I did talk about an a uh, uh, previously about an article the Atlantic did um, on Milgram experiments. But this one is from, I've, I've wanted to use this one for a while. So it's it, the title is called Preventing Mental Illness with a Stress Vaccine. So captivating title, right? I mean, I, I definitely looked at it. Uh, that is sensationalism right there. Part of the reason this article got traction is one of the researchers um was a student at Columbine when during the Columbine shooting, and, and went on to be a researcher. Um, and she is she's mentioned within the article pretty prominently, and did obtain her doctoral degree at some point throughout this this process. It's some some of the article talks about her work prior to that, and then some of her work post that. Um, and this isn't at all to degrade her efforts, but the article the headline of the article. Um, and, and you'll see this, it, so it's pre- Preventing Mental Illness with a Stress Vaccine. The article really is about how to possibly uh, increase a person's immune system. Immune system, okay? And and they're using rats in the study, by the way, but how to increase a person's immune system by uh, possibly having some type of vaccine that would help that person not have that, that cortisol spike in a perpetual, maybe, cortisol level due to stress. That's much, much different, okay, than preventing mental illness with a stress vaccine, which is the headline to this. The article is by Danielle Elliott, November 26, 2016. So I'm going to get into this article. Again, you know, this is is what, what people read. Um, and again, I, I appreciate you, my my listeners. You're an astute, uh, astute group. You you want to have the empirical information. You want to have the facts. It's why you're listening to me right now, and and you know you want to you want to be safe for yourself and, and safe for your family. And and I definitely uh, find it a privilege, you know, to to do the work of going through some of these articles and just bringing them to your attention. Um, and 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 helping you to understand my process for for kind of picking out this this rhetoric and sifting and winnowing all of the hype from from reality, uh, so you can uh, become better at that. Because you know I I learned that over time. So let me share some of my my approaches with you. But um, so anyway, um, so this this talks about. Um, so again, again, October, April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Um, two high school seniors, Klebold, Harris, um, went to combine high school, opened fire, uh, left fifteen people dead. So Rebecca Brockman, so she's she's one of the researchers mentioned in, in this article. Um, went on then to dedicate her life to to science in the field of mental health, which is which is admirable, and I commend her and her work. So this again, this is a manipulation of. her her studies and, and, and words into headlines and into positions in this article, which really, I don't think represent what, what she genuinely is, is trying to accomplish. Um, so basically saying, you know, so the, the question sparked in Brockman, um, she, she had a deep drive to understand and improve what she refers to as the human condition. Now, she's a neuroscientist at Columbia University. She's among a burgeoning group of researchers attempting to make sense of complex relationship between stress and mental illness. Long-term stress is considered responsible for 60% of all illness and disease. Okay, that's good. But what, what she's basically saying is, um, or what the article is saying is, you know what, if we would have known that... Um, Klebold and Harris were mentally ill, and they're assuming now it's because of stress. Now, let's take a step back. First of all, how do you define stress? And both, you know, these, you know, it's not like they were living in poverty. It's not like they they had symptoms of, um, you know, frequently moving, not having innate needs met. So, I mean, stress, there is no profile of a school shooter the secret service has determined that in a conclusive 2002 study of um, uh, active shooting events prior to that and then subsequently like in the um, in the 2000 or in the 2015 report that came out uh, regarding the Sandy Hook massacre 277 pages again reaffirmed we do not have a profile of a school shooter so to say like there's a that they're stressed out, and this is causing mental illness, and that mental illness is leading to attacking a school, those those are just not connections that you can make. But that's where this article goes, right there, boom, saying, um, okay, you know, if we can we can deal with... Um, so the question is like, what unbearable conditions might have caused the shooters to take such drastic measures? So that's done by the, the author here. So the fact was... Dave Cullen in his book Columbine, you know, studied Columbine for like ten years after, after it happened, and whoa, I just lost one of my earbuds. Um, so he he said, you know, Hill, Harris was a cold-blooded um, predatory psychopath. I mean, there was uh, th- this this is just crazy. I mean, it's just it's just crazy stuff. So again, you do not have a a profile and. You know, looking at at you know Harris and, and Klebold, I mean, they were attending you know school uh, events. Yeah, I mean, there were some things in the in the past. Um, the real the real issue again that surfaces right now, and it surfaced in the article just before what the Tactical Institute was. If you're going to base this kind of off of saying if there was a vaccine that Harris and Klebold might have had, that could have lowered their stress levels, would, they wouldn't have shot up Columbine. I mean, that, that's where this kind of goes, like the author of the article takes this. The real issue, though, and it gets, it gets mentioned in the article, is um, that uh, their leakage, so leakage detection, in, in 1998, Harris was making, you know, threats about uh, building and detonating pipe bombs. Um, and the police determined there was not probable cause for a search warrant. That's the issue here, okay, folks? It's not about a vaccine for stress and mental illness. This is an issue of the leakage detection system was not effective. It, it was recognized, okay? You have a, a kid posting about making Pipe bombs and detonating them, but you can't get a warrant to go in and and check through the house. This is pre. This is pre Patriot Act. Today, would you get that warrant? You bet. You if the, the the police would be over there in, in in a heartbeat if this was if this was um, you know brought to the attention of authorities. So, again, the issue here is threat detection systems. And it's not trying to identify stressed out kids profiling, you know, quote unquote, stressed out kids, how you're going to do that. And, and then giving some type of vaccine, quote unquote, which is, you know, used in the terminology here to lower the stress level and then um, not end up with school violence or th- with, uh, and create, you know, students evolving into school shooters. It's insane. This is ridiculous stuff. It's, it's, it's the article. I'm not, it's, I'm not again, I'm, I'm not picking apart the researchers on on this. Um, so, and there's a statement, okay, it goes, as far back as 1936, scientists noted the connection between stress and ulcers, high blood pressure, allergic reactions, and maladies. So, okay, that's great. I mean, yes, that's stating the obvious. I mean, stress, uh, long-term stress is not good for your body. I mean, <laughs> It doesn't take any more than to to see, uh, you know, videos of people during, you know, the the Great Depression or, you know, right now in in Bosnia or Syria or, you know, third world countries, uh, war torn countries, uh, to see. That's a fact. Okay, go to Haiti. You know. Ah. Um, uh. All right, how a person experiences stress, this is a quote from the article, is directly related to where and how they live. Okay, partially true. Here's the other part. It's related to their bias. It's related to their skill set, how they can cope. It's related to their physical health. It's related to their past experiences. I'm adding this. I'm adding this. These are all variables. It's related to the supports that they have around them. It's related to, yeah, that, that context, um, in their personal context, You know what's happening in, in their life um what's happening in the global community and, and the situations you know is is uh you know for example um is, is it a, is is it a time you know when you know you're nearing final exams and stress is going to be heightened or something like that it could be a number of things but um, whoa to just say how a person experiences stress is directly related to where and how they live every community has different quote-unquote quoting this every community has different expectations so circumstances that feel incredibly stressful some in one place might seem normal to someone else yeah true that's community but you were talking we have to talk inside the person how they interpret this because people can live in all kinds of different communities and you have to take their you know their previous uh, coping mechanisms their skill set their own health level uh, their supports or context—that's how they're going to react to things. Everybody reacts to things. You can have the same people in the same commu- community; um, might react differently. Put them in a different community, mix them up. Now, some people react one way, some react the other. This isn't this isn't so much about that external context as it is the internal coping mechanisms. Um, this is why we end up with kids on medication for. Anxiety disorders, ADHD, and so forth. And we do not pair up the medications with treatment. We just put kids on medications. Um, and, oh, so, all right. F- quote, for all its potential harm, stress is not all bad. Yes, of course. I mean, you need some stress, it's innate, it's natural. Uh, stress as stress is functional, says Sarah Pressman, an associate professor of psychology and social behavior at the University of California, Irvine. You don't want to feel calm and happy when a tiger jumps at you. You have to activate the right systems to make you run away from danger. Yes, reflexive. Uh, your gut instinct, for example, is 8,000 times faster, more sensitive than. Your frontal lobe processing of what's happening in your environment. Follow your follow your instincts. So, are, are are you implying article through this that it might you might have a vaccine to dull these things, or it might be to the effect of like um, alprazolam or um, diazepam? You know, medications that are given um, to to basically do those types of things. Um, you know, to mellow you out. So. Um, so we, we get back to, to to Brockman, who's now a researcher, and, and she was the one that was at Columbine during the, the shooting. She's saying um, she's seeking a way for people to stop the response, the stress response, before it turns dangerous, before it triggers mental illness. I'm not sure that the stress response has been linked to triggering mental illness. Um, so I I think that's a strong statement. Again, that's not... That's not Brockman's quote necessarily. This is the author writing this. We're getting now into what I'm saying is a little bit of magical science or a little bit of alchemy. Um, this is this is th- you're not having research that is backing up these statements. This is a lot of narrative. Um, so Brockman was particularly interested in whether depression influenced the immune system or if the immune system helped trigger depression. Okay, again, that's an interesting study. But what's your context for that? What's your control group? Um, again, you have to look at the past experiences of of the individuals involved in that, um, you know, their health level programs that they might have gone through. Then, then they get into this, working with 12 mice. Well, 12 mice, I mean, okay. <laughs> I know you have to start somewhere, but we have a very small, very small end group or control group in this. Um, so... Um One of the things that so in, in my work with Steve Kastner out of NASA, um, Steve is a is a researcher who worked with pilots and, and work with uh, stress response and identifying changes in the environment and pilots identifying that and having a re- being able to identify those changes and reacting. Obviously, you would not want to mute that. And and he would say, if we just change the the scenarios a little bit, it would take some pilots. uh, uh, They wouldn't recognize it right away. They'd get into the situation a little bit before they would recognize it wasn't matching the narrative. And by that time, it might be too late. Um, So, again, do you really want to dull these or, or completely blunt or eliminate these innate responses or basically remove the stress response from people and you're doing this in this, this this effect too. I'm, I'm going to end here with this this quote, and this is from the the author. In an ideal world, a vaccine would allow first responders to return from disaster zones unaffected by the stress of their jobs, soldiers to return from war zones without the risk of debilitating conditions such as PTSD. Mm-hmm. It could prevent depression from developing when a person is out of work, and it could give children in poverty a uh, better shot at overcoming their upbringing. Oh, my goodness. Like, wow, that sensationalism. um no. This research—that's not happening. That's the, if that was the case, you could do all of that right now um, through just medications. I mean, give Lprazlam, give the Diazepam. So, wow, crazy, crazy. So, anyway, boom—we're done with that. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in to Podcast Eleven of the Safety Doc. And.